Ah. Yep. Let's see if I can. Got it. Wow. Okay. Yep. I'm just going to start recording. Can you pause it? That's a really good question. Let's do this. I'm Kelly, founder of Gauthier Search, a specialist data science and AI search firm. And I'm Greg, former chief data scientist at Channel 4 and co-founder of Memrise. Together, we are excited to present The Data Dig, a new podcast for business leaders, hiring managers, and curious minds. In each episode, we'll dig into, dissect, and debate a new topic within the realm of data science to get informed and make new discoveries together. We might even have a few laughs along the way. Okay, here we go. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Greg. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm feeling super inspired because I'm getting involved in a new initiative. So a couple of weeks ago, we, well, a few different episodes we've recorded have been about diversity in data science and raising the profile of women. And um, I decided to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And I'm getting involved with a uh, an organization called STEMETS, which is a social enterprise that's working across the UK to support and inspire women who want to get into STEM careers. And so I'm going to be volunteering with them to help coach on interview skills, which I'm really excited about. I came across them just through speaking to a candidate who happened to be involved and, uh, you know, so excited to see that this kind of organization exists. So I, I straight away emailed them and said, I have to be involved in this somehow. So what they're doing is really inspiring. They've helped, I think, something like over 45,000 young women and non-binary people get into STEM careers. So amazing organization and work and watch this space for, for the kind of stuff we're, we're able to do together. Oh, wow. And they're lucky to have you on the sort of interviewing mentorship. That's oh, <laughs> going to be perfect. That's so kind. Well, I'll try and be less scathing with my feedback as uh, than I am with other candidates, as, as we all know I can be. Um, Greg, what's inspiring you? Well, I've been thinking a lot about um, a framework from Jim Collins in his book, uh, Good to Great, where he talks about um, strategic decision-making in terms of um, three things, in terms of what you feel really passionate about, what you can be the best in the world at, and how you can make money. And trying to apply all three of those things together and looking for ideas that match them all together. And there's something about that that I've found really clarifying. So uh, I've been trying to apply that in more areas of my life uh, than just company strategy. That's awesome. I love a framework like that, that just helps to guide your thinking. There's just nothing better. Simplify your life. It's so great. That's awesome. I'm really excited about today's episode. Yeah, me too. So we have uh, Georgie Peake joining us today to talk to us about um, data product management. And I'll just introduce her and then welcome her to the show. Georgie is um, an old colleague of mine and a friend. Um, she has the perfect background for data product management, um, as you'll soon hear. Um, she's sort of trained technically as a data scientist at UCL, worked for a number of years in kind of product management related roles and as a consultant at IBM. And as you'll see, that kind of mixture of the technical and the people and the strategic side are pretty central to what she does. So without further ado, uh, Georgie, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Hey, Kelly. 
thanks for the lovely intro and yeah thanks for having me really excited to be on here so georgie why don't we jump straight in with a foundational question what is a data product Mm, that's a great question um so the way that I think about it, um, two ways. One, I draw a distinction with like analytics and a data product. So analytics being describing what has happened to draw out some insights and learnings, uh, whereas a data product being more predictive, like what is going to happen in the future and how can we use that information? And typically automating that and operationalizing it into some system for people to use in downstream decisions. And then the other useful distinction I think it is to draw is what is a product versus what is a data product. A product at its most basic sense being something, um, and I think we're mainly talking about software products here, that meets a customer need. A data product then is very similar, but it's where data is that end product that addresses the customer need. So I guess one example to just bring that to life, say a, a customer need is not knowing what to watch on TV, there's just huge variety of options on Netflix, on Awful, on BBC. Um, the data product there to solve that could be a TV show recommendation that's learnt patterns from the huge amounts of data we have and what other people have watched. And that could be surfaced in a variety of ways, an email, a catch-up service, um, but to some degree it's agnostic of that user-facing interface. It's the data itself, that recommendation, which is what we're trying to build. Really helpful way of illustrating that. Thanks so much. So we know what a data product is. What the heck is a data product manager? <laughs> um, so it's similar to a traditional product manager in the sense that they're understanding or in the, in the lingo, discovering customer needs uh, that aren't being currently addressed. And then they're managing the design and development of a product that would address those needs. So it's really typically thought of as the intersection of the Venn diagram of business and engineering and user experience. I guess a data product manager, the distinction is to add data and machine learning to that Venn diagram, if that doesn't make it too complicated. So they're performing many of the same tasks, but they're using data and machine learning to understand and inform what's possible and what should be built. Okay, so you are the person who is going to help figure out what data product to build and then hopefully um, make sure it does get built and that that draws on the skills of business, engineering, user experience and data. Exactly. And sometimes they're the same role, the product manager and the data product manager, but um, often you can separate them out. And just to add to that, I think sometimes one of the differences, just because data science is typically less understood, it's newer than um, more traditional software products. There's a bit of an advocating education piece, sort of winning hearts and minds and convincing people of the value of data science and also potentially trying to increase trust in the outputs. So, yeah, data science is a bit of an unknown. Is it a bit scary sometimes in the literature? So trying to increase trust by explaining um, and giving more transparency to the data product and the algorithms behind them. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I guess, so product management as, as an endeavor has been around for quite some time, but I would say in my experience anyway, data product management as such is a relatively new thing. Do you have any idea how the role of data product manager came about or any kind of suspicions? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is a newer role. Um, and I don't know for certain, but yeah, my hypothesis would be 
similar story to data science itself. So the innovation that is now possible and the new products that can be built by learning from data. So recommendation systems, segmenting users for advertising, for example, those have been made possible by huge increases in data collection and data processing power um, and advances in machine learning research. I guess that only really tells one part of the story. So the data product manager role itself, I think that's probably come out from the need to answer the question, like, are we building the right data products to solve business problems and generate value? So I suspect what might have happened is companies have gone on these data science endeavors, but hit various challenges in trying to prove that value. So maybe they're solving the wrong problem or maybe they're struggling to get those um, insights used downstream because you need investment in a system or you need some some process change and maybe you've hit some friction in actually getting those insights used and that's some of the expertise and the role of a data product manager and where they can help out so I suspect that's where it's come from. And, and from your own experience I mean can you think of times when you feel like actually it was pretty glad I was there as the data product manager because otherwise things would have definitely gone off the rails? <laughs> um, Probably the best one to chat through is a forecasting project that I worked on at Channel 4. Um, so I guess at the start of the project, we had pretty limited information. We knew there was a team within the business, in the sales team, forecasting TV shows. Sounds very sensible, sounds very useful. Good candidate on the surface for data science problem, lots of historical data, structured data. So we knew that we could have just get going and, and, and start working on the data science. We've got the schedule, try and predict what's gonna happen in the future. We could have done that. Um, luckily we didn't because that doesn't mean you're not necessarily solving the right problem. So got the schedule, try and predict what's happening tomorrow. But actually that's not particularly useful for our downstream stakeholders because when we went and spoke to them, we understood the motivation for their forecasting, which is actually forecasting a bit further in the future to try and optimize where adverts should be placed within the break schedule and knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, actually not particularly useful. So you might have spent months of effort trying to build a really good forecast for tomorrow, send it downstream and people will be like, oh, this isn't useful to me. Uh, like, what's this for? So I'm really glad that we spent that time talking to stakeholders, understanding their problems, understanding how they currently do it, all of that good stuff to make sure that we are solving the right problem and using the right data. Can I ask a nitpicky question? Sure. Is data the product or is data science the product? Hmm. It's not it's not a it's not a nitty question. It's a it's a tricky question. Um, what I would say is that um, data is the input and data science is the output or the data product. That output could also be data of predictions. But it might also be a model um, and how that data is then used is, is it, it's embedded into a user facing product, whether that's a business to customer product or a business to business product. And that's how users then engage with the output. So, yeah, I'd say that data science is the output. And just to bring that to life, if I, if I refer back to the forecasting project, the input is data. It's historical views. It's information about the program. It's information about the, the schedule. The data product is the prediction of views for the upcoming schedule. And then the user facing product is the system, the sales system that we send those forecasts into for business users within the sales team to look at them, interact with them um, and generate value off the back of them. Okay, I understand the distinction now. Can you um, 
I'm interested to know more about your work at uh, Filtered. Can you give me an example of a data product that you're currently managing now? Yeah, for sure. So I'm working on a product at Filtered called Content Intelligence. And what we're trying to do there is predict whether or not an asset, and by an asset, I mean any kind of learning content you could understand something from. So whether that's Coursera courses or an Harvard Business Review article, or maybe it's an internal PDF that a company has created to try and teach their employees something. It's trying to predict from the textual data what skills that content will help you learn. So is this going to help you learn emotional intelligence? Is this going to help you learn data science? So to refer back to your previous question, in that example, the input data are those assets, the, the metadata related to them, as well as what skills a business is interested in. Then the data product is a score for how relevant one of those assets is for a particular skill. And then the product is the technology that we're building to surface those assets to users with the scores, with the skills data, and presenting it in useful ways that allows curators, so uh, individuals in learning and development teams, to speed up how quickly they can curate, for example, a playlist for their employees to learn something. And so then in that instance, the online articles are the uh, the data that are kind of going into the machine. And then the data product is just a kind of, you know, a label or a score or whatever um, for each one. But the actual product that users see is, oh, this is great. I've got my own Netflix for learning that tells me I should, you know, read this article next or that that one would be interesting. Okay. It's a nice framing actually to distinguish between the data as the input, the data product that gets spat out and the end user sort of effect that that has. Hmm. Totally. And like demonstrates the layering of like data product management within product management because the data product is hidden, is sort of baked into the overall product, right? So it's good to think of it, I think, in that way, you know, rather than thinking of, the, of them as always separate entities, I guess. Exactly. And I hope that's helpful. But like, as I said earlier, sometimes they're the same role. So my role at Filtered is both the product management, i.e. the end user interface build, as well as the behind the scenes data product build. Whereas in the forecasting example at Channel 4, I was just focused on um, the, the algorithm itself and helping the team uh, design and develop that. Cool. So in previous episodes of the podcast, we've talked a little bit about the data science lifecycle and the different kind of characters involved. And we've spoken a little bit about data product managers, but I'm interested to know what aspects of the data science lifecycle you are most involved in in your work. Where do you play more of a starring role? Where do you play more of a supportive role? Or maybe it's the same throughout, but talk us through it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, and... I think data product managers are involved throughout, but I think you're, you're right to, to ask. There are elements where they are they're more involved. So for me, right at the start, the business understanding is a, is a key part of where data product managers are involved. Even before you have a particular product that you know that you want to build, you maybe have multiple different problems you could work on. Which one should you work on first? Which is the highest value? Understanding that is a, is a key role of the data product manager. And then as I described in the forecasting example, understanding from stakeholders more detail about the actual um, business opportunity to make sure data scientists build the right product. And then a couple of other areas, I think the data product manager role is key. 
One is definitely evaluation. So that's making sure that the accuracy of the data product is going to reflect the business value that it will hopefully deliver. Um, and so that can be quite a challenging exercise. So there are very technical machine learning metrics for measuring whether or not a data science product is generating accurate results. But the really complicated part is correlating that with business value. You might have 90% accuracy, you deploy it into a downstream system and the pound signs don't change, like something's, something's not happening. And that might be because you've not made your setup very reflective of what actually matters for the business. So it's really key to get those um, evaluation metrics clear at the start. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it's tricky because uh, it's tempting to say, well, I, I made all these machine learning metrics go up, so I must be doing a good job. But as you say, if it doesn't flow downstream and affect something that the business really cares about or actually make money, then, you know, you haven't really made the world a better place. But it's often really tricky to actually tell. It's, it's much easier to measure whether the machine learning model is accurate than it is to measure whether it has delivered value. Um, yeah, exactly. I'd say it's probably one of the most um, valuable parts of my role, but also probably the most difficult. Um, and then the final part that I think is just worth touching upon is the deployment. So once you've built your data product, um, organizing any downstream changes that are required to actually allow business users to use that product. So that might be investments required in downstream systems for them to be able to take in your data product. Um, but it also might be process changes for any users that are actually ha now having to use your data product. So in the forecasting example, familiarizing those uh, end users on how to use our forecasts, how to interpret them. And that again, brings in that trust element that I mentioned at the start of how do you explain your forecasts so that business users will trust them and ultimately use them in their decisions. And that makes total sense. I'm just thinking now, like from the perspective of a business leader who is maybe in the process of setting up their data function, um, you know, they might be wondering, in listening to us right now, they may be thinking like, oh, damn, like I didn't think that I needed one of these, but maybe I do. When should I hire them? So Georgie, when is the best time to hire a data product manager, do you think? Hmm. Um, so my short answer would be the earlier, the better. But I uh, think it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. And it depends on a few things. So I'd say it depends on the size and the skills of the data scientists. So by um, by the size, I mean you don't one... mean you don't mean the size of the actual data <laughs> scientists, like particularly short data scientists really really need product management. I'll come on to that. No, uh, no, I mean uh, the number of data scientists <laughs> you have in the team. So if you had just the the one data scientist, perhaps not a need to have a data product manager trying to coordinate multiple projects. For example, if you're just starting off, but once you've got uh, a handful. I don't know how many that is. Um, what do you call a group of data scientists? I don't know, Greg, do you? No, but I'm going to spend the rest of the episode slightly distracted by trying to think about that. <laughs> but as you were, <laughs> carry on. Um, answers on postcards at the end, no. Um, by the by, the time you've got sort of yeah, a handful, so let's say five or more, um, that you might be managing multiple projects. And at that point, I think it's really useful to have that data product manager sort of prioritizing the, the pipeline of projects that are coming in. And by skill, I mean some data scientists, um, well, I hope all data scientists love coding, uh, very, very capable at that, got great machine learning theory. Um, and some data scientists also love interviewing and understanding the business. But 
that's probably not always the highest value activity, given how rare the skill sets are for coding and machine learning. You probably want them to be focusing on that. So maybe in the early days, a data scientist takes on some of the data product manager responsibilities, but I'd suggest the early you can get them hands sort of on keyboards and doing what they're really great at, then that's um, another motivation for getting a data product manager on board. And then the other factor that maybe occurs to me is the data literacy and maturity of the wider organization. So if you're low on that scale, then a data product manager can really help in those early days, educating uh, wider wider business users on the value of data scientists and building up that pipeline. That makes sense. So as the team grows and the complexity of the projects grow and you know the more you've got to interface with the wider organization, especially if it's not particularly data literate, then you know, the need for somebody who's going to be able to figure out where the highest value is and be a conduit and, and explain and translate and, and coordinate everything. Yeah, you can see how that's going to become increasingly essential. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the list is exhaustive. I don't know if you can think of any others, Greg or Kelly. Well, I don't know. I was just thinking about a client, a new client of mine that I'm working with who are just setting up their data function. They have earmarked, you know, data engineers as the first and most important hires, which I 100% agree with. And then the data scientists are kind of the next key players to bring into the into the group. But it makes me think like if their entire business model is sort of hinging on this product that they're producing, which is based on data science um, in the kind of back end, then maybe it would be valuable for them to have a data product manager from very early on, you know, as maybe that third person that they want to hire and bring in just to kind of be a little bit more proactive and set kind of an environment or a culture where, you know, having someone in that role is uh, just a given. I don't know, I may I may recommend that to them. But you're, you, the way that you describe it is really compelling, like as, as an important character in that kind of production, if you like, if, you know, if we're thinking about it in like a performance or whatever, you know, it's important. Your, your role seems pretty vital as you describe it, you know, so um, it also, you make it sound as though you make everyone else's job easier. The data scientists have to take on less and can focus more on the stuff that maybe, you know, they prefer to work on or are more qualified to work on. You're making a strong case, maybe without meaning to, but uh, it's really compelling, I think. Yeah, I absolutely hope so. I think a big part of my role is just to enable the data scientists to be as effective as possible in their roles. So that's a big part of the hope. Can I ask what the hardest part of your job is? Hmm. So I think I've touched upon it, but so I'll, I'll give another example. But I think the hardest part probably is the uh, um, estimating value. Um, as I say, hard, but critically important required to be able to prioritize what problem we're working on um, even within a project like what data sets should you be using to try and improve the, the value of a product um, and even justifying a data science team but um, I'll give you another example because I've, I've already chatted about that one um, it's probably the um, the winning hearts and minds and getting the buy-in that's something that I have improved my my skill set over time but definitely in in the earlier days that was a, a new skill for me and as I say depends on the sort of data literacy and maturity of an organization, but explaining to to end business users the value that data science can deliver and sort of bringing to, bringing to life the art of the possible and challenging existing ways of thinking. Um, I think that's probably the hardest part, but also the most rewarding part when you do achieve that buy-in and hopefully deliver a project that makes people realize the value and, and sort of maintain an ongoing relationship and uh, more products to build in the future is the is the ultimate aim. Yeah, I hear that. And I, and, and I guess that 
like leads nicely onto my next question, which was what do you love most about your job? But maybe, you know, the hardest part and the, and the part you love the most are two sides of the same coin. I don't know. Maybe there's another part that you really like that you haven't mentioned. Um, sounds, sounds to me like, you know, the hard stuff is fulfilling when you get it over the line. Exactly. Yeah. Seeing that value ultimately being delivered, especially if you've maybe had a few challenges along the way, um, whether it's the sort of business stakeholder side and winning the hearts and minds, or if it's technical and, and um, removing obstacles for uh, integrating your product, just ultimately seeing users' reactions when they start using your product, um, especially if they're positive. Um, it's incredibly rewarding, especially when you develop that as part of a team. Um, and it's often a cross-functional effort. That's super, super rewarding. Um, that's why I do it. Brilliant. Well, that, I think, is a great place to end. We've heard why data product managers are critically important for um, helping data science teams focus and deliver what's going to be most useful for the business. And I think got a pretty rich sense of um, the kinds of skills that one would need in order to be great at this. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us and um, giving a like pretty rich sense into what this looks like for a career and why teams should probably start to think about them once they get above a certain complexity. Oh, great. Um, yeah, it's just been so lovely to chat. So thank you both very much for having me on. Thanks so much, Georgie. It's been a real pleasure. We hope you enjoyed our chat today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. As always, we'd like to say a very special thanks to Misha Frankel-Duval for producing our podcast and bringing today's episode to life. Join us again in two weeks' time when we dig into, dissect, and debate a different area of the ever-changing data science landscape. Bye for now.